slightly on edge once again because of my computer acting annoying and stupid and for what reason other than to piss me off either way so hello welcome to pov my therapist the podcast where i vent you listen and you my dear listener do not get paid um thank you for joining me once again for a beautiful fourth week um i'm very excited i'm super excited to be here and i honestly i had a good week i had a great weekend i had a nice time this weekend i got so litty for titty um i am now bruised on the whole left side of my body so that's super fun super sexy um and honestly i just i've been having a good time and i've really been enjoying life and sometimes when i think like where i once came from um where i think about like my past experiences and like the times in my life i was really down I'm like so proud of myself for how far I have come. So, so far, in fact, that I canceled my therapy session this week. Yes, I did. That's probably going to bite me in the ass as soon as Monday comes. But, you know, that is a problem for a different day. And we're not really going to focus on that. Um, I think I've known what I wanted to talk about this episode literally since last week. Um, And I kind of wish I was able to record sooner. But I kind of got swamped with work. And then... um, when I finally had sometimes I I had a really, really bad headache that like just kind of just like made it impossible to do anything. So um, yet again, we are recording on a Thursday. I really wanted to release the podcast on a Thursday, but I find myself again recording on a Thursday to post on Friday. <sighs> the Lord will help me get my life together one day. That day, though, is not today or yesterday or tomorrow. Um, what I want to talk about today, though is something that I think is very difficult to do. And I think it's how to find joy in your life. Yes. Um, I think like the concept of joy and like what joy actually means is so fucking vague. And it really changes from like person to person. And some things that bring you joy don't necessarily bring other people joy. And it's like, is joy the same thing as happiness? And like, you know, like, is it the same thing as fun? Like, what actually is it? And I think the thing that I've realized, like, in past years is that, like, in the time that I've spent working on myself and where I am now, I think I've never felt as much joy in my life as now. And I think, like, joy is something that exists in everything. Um, This is going to sound so, like... You know, like those movies where they're like, dream and your dreams will come true. Hope is the thing that keeps us alive. That's, I'm very much going to sound like that in today's episode. I'm very much going to sound like that a lot. Um, Yeah. So I'm just warning you that this is going to be that kind of episode. Um, But I also think these are things that I need to remind myself. So maybe in the future when I'm having a moment of doubt, of uh, existential dread, that I will come back to this episode and I will remember the things that I said to you that I'm now saying to myself and I will take my own fucking advice. Um, I think joy as a concept kind of exists in everything. I kind of see joy like pollen, right? Like when it's springtime, you may not even know that there's pollen in the air, but it's there. Um, you only feel it when, you know, maybe your immune system's like slightly low or like it's a type of pollen that you're allergic to and it makes you sneeze. That's really when you know you're having allergies is when you're sneezing. And like the thing is, it's like certain types of pollen more people are allergic to, other types you're not. So, um, yeah, like I will be, I'm not going to go on a tangent, but I'll be driving and I'll, and I'll be fine. And then I get to like a new town that maybe has like a different kind of flower and I'm sneezing and I'm like, damn, there's a different kind of pollen here. But, um, that's kind of how I see joy. And I think joy exists in everything and I think it exists everywhere. And I think it's, it's not necessarily your job, but it's something that you have to see on your own. People can't force you to feel it. They can't force you to experience it. I think there's joy everywhere. Like, there's joy all around you. I think you, however, have to be in the state of mind where you are able to receive it and experience that joy. Um, (laughs) I, you know, there was a point in my 
life and my existence where I I was just unhappy. I was very joyless. And like, and I think the difference between having joy and being happy is that I feel like happiness is fleeting. Happiness is something that you can feel for two minutes. I feel happy when I'm laughing. I feel happy when I get a hug. But it's like the moment that that ends, I, that sense of dread returns because happiness like is an emotion. It's something that like you feel for a moment and then it can be gone in the next. But I think joy is, is an attitude. It's a mindset. It's something that sticks with you. And I think once you see it, it's very easy to build upon and it makes it a little bit harder to go back to being joyless, okay? Um, and the reason why I wanted to talk about this was because I, so this week, I don't know if you saw my TikTok, um, probably not because TikTok has been suffocating me and not giving me any views. But this week, I spent most of the week fighting with my mother, okay? I live at home with my mommy. And if there is anything this lady knows how to do, it is a hit below the belt. Um, and like, it's her go-to. It really is her go-to. And, you know, there's a bit of a gaslighting. There's a bit of a lot of things that happen that I'm just like, why am I still living here? Um, yeah. So we spent a lot of this weekend fighting. And like what I realized was that because of like the stuff that I've learned, it makes it so that these kind of fights and arguments don't necessarily affect me as much. Um, I love my mom. Like I love her a lot. I love her dearly. But I also am able to recognize that I think emotionally she stopped growing a lot sooner than I did. And because when she fights with you, like, it gets, like, aggravating to me because I'm like, I feel like I'm fighting with a child. Like, this is so childlike. And it and it doesn't make me mad. It doesn't frustrate me. It doesn't annoy me I think it makes me empathetic because I'm like there is a point in your life where you know you got to a stage and you shut down emotionally and you didn't go further and you didn't go backwards so I feel like I can't allow that to hurt me and because at the end of the day, it's not actually hurting me. You can say as much as you want, but I know myself enough that there is nothing anybody in the world can say to hurt me because I am ready. Like I, I know who I am. I know what I am. I know what I am not. And nobody else in this world, no matter who it is, can tell me that I am something I am not. That's something that is not going to happen. Okay. And so when she does these things and like she says things to me that are meant to hurt me and like her favorite, her go-to is like she will pull whatever you're most insecure about. So like if you're insecure about being jobless, she's going to be like, you hobo or like you jobless, whatever. Like the other day I was very, I was very, um, anxious about monkeypox and then we got into a fight and then she was like, that's why you're going to get monkeypox. And I'm like... Like, who says that? Like, it's meant to be hurtful. And like, from her point of view, it is putting a knife in and twisting it. But I know that I can't let that affect me because why would you say that? Like, genuinely as a person, why is that something that you'd feel the need to say to another person? Um, it is because, you know, you don't have the emotional intelligence to realize the damage that you're not only doing to yourself, but to the other person. So... Um, that got me thinking a lot about it because I realized that in a lot of our situations, like that I'm dealing with her with a lot of empathy and like, and a lot of grace that like she would never extend to me. Um, I don't know if I've ever talked about this in depth, but like I was not raised with my mother. I was raised with my grandmother. I think a lot of people had a lot to do with how I was raised. And then as I grew a little older and I grew a little headstrong, um, that's kind of when I was handed off to my mom and, you know, it's, it's a little, uh, um, you can't quite necessarily expect your child to be gung ho about being displaced and having a new parent and, and you can't expect them to like 
adhere to that easily. And she expected me to adhere to it very easily. So there was a lot of arguments, a lot of fighting. And I just never really backed down. And I'm just that kind of person where I'm not going to back down, like, at all. And, um, and so there was, she would, like, the other day, like, when we were having, like, this argument, she was like, you were just very hard to like as a kid. And I was like, why would I like you? I didn't know you. Like, I didn't know anything about you. All I knew is that there was this lady that came in, gets very frustrated with me, and now she wants me to respect her, and I'm not going to do that. So, you know, it's, I I think this is something that's honestly very common in like culture, like Caribbean culture, black culture is your parents kind of wanting you to, they're doing a lot for you. They're sacrificing a lot for you, but there is resentment towards you because they are doing it all for you and you don't feel as connected to them as they want you to but that's not really your fault because you don't know them you don't know them as people they're not there during a lot of your a lot of the times in your life where you need support or you need a parent or if they are they're extremely judgmental so it's like I don't know you and from what I've seen I don't necessarily like it's only as I've gotten older that like I've started to like my mom as a person and so we got into this fight all right dumbass fight and over something dumb and small girl and literally it was because I didn't want her in my room um that I pay for anyways so I didn't want her in the room and I don't like people in my Base for a number of reasons, um, including that I know my mom, and when she walks in, her eyes are shifting from side to side, just looking, just looking for things. Like it's like when a kid opens a Pandora's box, and they're like, mm. and my mother tends to be a micromanager, so, um. Yeah. So when she walks into my room, she's like telling me what's wrong with it, what's wrong with the space, what's yeah, she's pointing out any problems and just like sucking the literal piece out of the area. So needless to say, I think you can imagine that my asshole clenches every time she walks into the room. So this last time she came into my room and like, and also this is the thing, like this is more than that is just, I know like my mind just like doesn't do the things I'm supposed to do. So like, I don't want you to walk into my room and then there is a, I don't know, the rose is just lying across the beds or there's a 10 inch dildo just laying there and the next thing you know she's got prayer warriors coming to my rescue and her hand is on my head trying to cast the spirit of Mary Magdalene out of my being so I don't want you to just bust in my room and all my shit is out and you know these old people don't be knocking So I'm just like trying to protect my peace, essentially. So this last time she came in and she just didn't like my reaction to her being there at all. And it became like this bigger conversation and, and unto a fight where I, she was, she hit below the belt. And so I was just like, all right, I'm just not going to talk to you. Like I don't, she gave me the silent treatment and I was like, well, I'm not going to try to make you unsilent you know so I was like this is fine with me so I went on living my life and my sister was like no you need to talk you guys you need to talk it out like you really do like it'll be so much easier if you guys just talk it out and this is the thing like the difference between the way me and my sister talk it out my sister will agree with you to make you happy my sister is a people pleaser it's something we've talked about she has you know, she doesn't like the argument. She doesn't like the fight. So she will agree with you even if you don't, if you don't deserve it. She will give you the apology that you don't deserve so she can keep peace. I am not that kind of person. I need you to understand where I'm coming from. And I need you to understand that you need to tell me where the fuck you're coming from. This is conflict resolution. 
This is conflict resolution. And I think conflict resolution is one of the things that have brought me the most joy in my life. And I'm not saying that because I'm a messy bitch, but I'm saying that because I don't, I'm not worrying about how you feel because you now have a stage to tell me about how you feel. And I have a stage to get everything off of my chest. And if you want to continue your life and pretend that I never said anything, that's on you. This no longer has anything to do with me. I've gotten the guilt, the anger, the suffocation off of my chest. And I've put it in the middle of the room. And whatever you decide to do with it is what you decide to do with it. And the same goes for you. You get that shit off your chest and we learn how to move on and we learn how to be happy with each other or unhappy with each other. Whatever the fuck it is, we are result we are resoluting the conflict, girl. And and it got to the point where like at one point, this was when I I literally said I was like, No, I'm I'm not talking to a child. I'm talking to a woman who pushed me out. I said to her something and her response was, I'm so sorry that I'm the worst mother to ever exist. I said, girl, what we're not going to do is that. We're not going to do that. We're not going to play martyr because you don't want to take responsibility for the fucked up shit you said to me. Fix it. Like, I was like, we're not doing that. We're not doing it. We're not doing it. We're not, we're not doing this. This gets us nowhere. I was like, what's the point of that? What's the point of that? What do you want me to say to that? And she was like, I don't want, I, you don't need to say anything. What do you, well, you said it. So what would you like my rebuttal to be? And then like, again, a sidetrack to rebuttal. And I'm like, we're not doing this. We're not doing this. Okay. So we got through this argument. And for the five days that we were not talking to each other and I wasn't doing anything petty, okay, um, but I noticed that even though we were arguing and even though this situation before would have left me with a lot of anxiety, I mean, I had anxiety, my anxiety was like pretty high, but it would have made me depressed it would have made me sad it would have done a lot of things it would have affected me a lot more than it did and I realized that like I was able to have fun doing everything that I did even with the weight of that argument on me and I realized that like it was genuinely because like I think I had found joy and peace and I didn't do anything that I was not proud of I didn't say anything I wasn't proud of. I, I'm never trying to hurt anybody. And I'm very aware of what is hurtful to people. I really think hard before I say anything. Because I think it's such a life wasted to spend it. Trying to soothe your own bruised ego by bruising other people's ego. I felt like that was such a waste of time. It sounds counterproductive. It's weird because like a lot of, I think the, I don't know how to explain this, but I think my finding joy has stemmed from the fact that I deal with everything head on now. That, and dealing with things head on kind of gives me the fortitude I need not to worry about things. It doesn't leave anything open-ended. It doesn't leave anything for me to worry about. So... When I have, like, these conflicts with people, I had, oh, my God, I, y'all, this man that I see sometimes, he, and I don't mean see sometimes in that way, but, like, I mean, like, I run into him sometimes. He said to me the other day, I asked him for something, and his response to me was, you're not my priority. And the thing was, I never said I was, so I, um first of all where did that come from but also my response to him which I felt like a lot of response like I had two ways to respond to that either I look at him like taken back or which was the response I went with which was did it make you feel good to say that what about me has made you think that I ever thought I was your priority I didn't I never expected to be so What's the tea? 
And a lot of times people say things to try to hurt you. But I find that calling it out right as it's happening, okay, it brings me joy, yes, because I'm petty. But it also kind of leaves, there's nothing unsaid. I said how I felt in that moment. And you're going to know how I felt in that moment. And I'm going to make you feel dumb. You're trying to make me look stupid. I'm going to make you look dumb. And I don't have to really carry anything with me. Like, I'm trying so hard, and I hope I'm making sense, but I'm trying so hard to, like, create the visual that I see in my head when I think about, like, life and everything. And all I see is, like, just wading through water. Like, I don't, I feel like I was fighting with a lot before in my life, and now I'm just not. This is so random and so funny. But before I sat down to record the podcast, I didn't know this, but apparently when you have fake eyelashes, which is why I'm never getting fake eyelashes in my life, um, you have to really, like, clean them. Like, yes, you have to clean them. But, like, I was watching my friend. She was scrubbing them things down. She had her little her little spoolie that she was using to clean it. Girl, why she have her hairbrush like a full-on Brazilian blowout on her eyelashes? And when she she said, hold on, I'm going to put you on mute because I need to blow dry. I heard hair. So I, when I looked at the camera and she was doing that, I was like, what on earth is happening? I was so shocked. And never in my life did I think that that was something that I would see in my entire life. Anyways, so, um, so back to joy, feeling joy, okay? I think what is like really the thing that makes me feel feel better and just releases a lot of my anxiety and I feel like I am truly being the most authentic oops I feel like I'm really being the most authentic version of myself I'm being honest I'm being truthful when I'm uncomfortable I'm saying that I'm not pretending I'm not faking I'm not lying I'm not doing any of these things I am being as upfront as I can possibly be. I am not trying to be tender to anybody's egos and I'm doing it in a kind way. You don't have to say mean things in a mean way. You don't have to be cruel when you give critique. You don't have to be cruel when you want to explain how you feel to somebody. There is a nice and kind way to say everything. And that is how you know when I say some mean shit to you, that's how you know I really fucking mean it. Because I've probably thought of at least three different ways to say it and I chose to say the mean way because you deserved it and you deserve to hear it because your intention was to hurt me and I've probably told you in a nice way many times how I felt so now the gloves are off okay so you know I I live my life like by these structures and I and I think the biggest thing also and I see this like with everybody and like myself as well is just trying not to fight life right life is so unexpected it's so fickle it's so many things and like the other day I was literally doing my makeup and I don't know why but it crossed my mind I was like damn I could die today why that that was a thought that was coming across my head as I was dipping my eyeliner brush into the pot I don't know but that's what crossed my mind and honestly I'm not gonna lie I was okay with that not because she was feeling suey or anything like that but just because like I'm okay with whatever life throws at me Watch, I'm going to regret that when life throws some fucked up shit at me. Don't do nothing crazy, universe. Anyways, but but I'm okay when, when whenever, like, y'all, I got rejected for a job I really wanted this week. You know, I would have been fighting with my mama and all that shit. And I'm like, you know what? There's a bigger reason for all of this shit happening. I'm still single as a Pringle. Gray, gray. I know that, like, <laughs> I know that, like, I'm like, I want my man. I want all this. And, like, and I'm like, I hate niggas. <laughs> Um, I'm trying to say that less, but I'm like, there's a reason why all of the men that I've loved before, um, they, it never worked out because I, okay, first of all, let's be really real here. I don't, I can't deal with the bullshit. I can't deal with a lot of bullshit. And I felt like they either would have broken my confidence or they would have brought me through the mud and they would have really made me bitter. And it's like, I'm firmly believe that everything happens for a reason. And I see it time and time again. Like I see it with like the school I went to, my education. I see what I studied. I see a lot. And I see that like there's in every aspect of my life, there's a path that has brought me to the exact moment that I am at. And I just have, I've seen that. I understand that. So even though like, let's say the relationship, for example, even though I've never been in a relationship and I've never actually seen a loving relationship, like a deeply loving one, like 
that's not something that I grew up around. That's not something that's familiar to me. Even though I haven't seen that, I know it's possible because I have seen all the other wonderful things that have happened in my life that I may have never thought were going to happen in my life. Two years ago, would you ever tell me, if you told me I would be TikTok uh, famous ajar, I would have been like, no, that's not true. Why are you lying? But I never doubted it's not that I never doubted it it's that I didn't think about it and when the opportunity arose I didn't question it I didn't think too long or too hard about any of the decisions that I was making I went with my first thought and I didn't think too long about nothing and when like every once in a while you you have it and you just need to listen to it there was a time when I remember my therapist was like you need to listen to your intuition you need to listen to your intuition I'm like girl I don't know what she sound like I'm really I don't get her I don't understand what's happening like I feel like I'm making I'm listening to my intuition but I'm not I realized that like when you get that little thought in your head that like kind of jolts you a little bit and kind of like makes you like want to get out of bed that is a thought that you need to listen to And I really, I realized that and like, and it, and that thought, whatever it is, like most recently I had one like that and I was thinking about like, okay, I need to work on this project. I really need to work on this project. And I'm like, that thought was in my head. Like a day later, one of my friends hits me up and he's like, I've been thinking about you and you need to do this and this and this. And I was like, that's crazy. Cause I just had the same thought and I'm not, I'm just doing it. If it fails, it fails, but I'm not going to know until I do it. And until it fails or it succeeds. And up until then, I'm not going to have anxiety about it. Because whatever's going to happen is going to happen. And there's nothing I can do to go back in time and change my decision and change anything. All I can do is learn from the mistakes that I make and keep fucking moving. And not fight whatever life is throwing at me. If the small change you have to make is keeping you from so much... And if that small change is letting go of things you can't control and you so want to be in control that you are willing to let, to lose a life, you are willing to lose the best version of your life for that. I'm not trying to be that person. I'm not trying to be that person. I want to live my best life. I don't think I'm here for no reason. I really don't. And I feel like that might seem like I'm coming from a place of privilege to say that because, like, as I'm sitting here, I'm really thinking about a lot of other people, like, who have a hard life and who have, you know, drug addictions who are born into a very horrible situation. I'm thinking about them and, like, a part of me is asking, well, what about them? Like, do they deserve the life that they have? Uh, The obvious question is no. Nobody deserves that kind of life. And it's also me thinking, well, what sets you apart from them? And honestly, nothing. I think I've been very lucky in the things that have happened in my life that have put me on the trajectory that I'm on. And I can't really be blind or ungrateful to that. I really can't. Like, I'm not a rich person by any means. Like, I grew up very poor and I've had my moments where life was great and I've had my moments where life was bad. Like, I've been emotionally and physically abused. I don't know what it is in me that I saw early on that influenced me that made me think I'm always going to kind of try to be the best version of myself. Even at my darkest place, like, there was a part of my head that was really fucking cocky. Like, I really was, like, ready to, to, like, you know, cross over. And there's a part of me that's still, like, cocky as fuck. And I'm just like, I don't get you. But I think my whole thing is that I've just never been a fucking quitter. And that quitting really included life itself. I was like, you ain't no fucking quitter, bitch. You're not a quitter. And you can't quit. Like, and I always had, like, the two sides of my head just fucking arguing with each other. And genuinely, like, I shit you not, I bet you there were moments that I was really on the edge, about to take the leap. And my the two sides of my brain are just arguing, arguing, arguing. Arguing so damn much that, like, I was just like, shut the fuck up. Like, now my priorities change. I want my brain to shut the hell up. I don't necessarily want to die anymore because I just want my brain to shut up. Like, and I felt like there's a lot of times in my life where, like, I just didn't want to give up. And it's funny because it wasn't because I thought I deserved better. It's because I didn't. I assumed that as a passed away girly, I would be able to hear what everybody was saying about me and I would be damned if from the afterlife I could hear people talking shit. Okay. 
it's okay this is not funny but it's also funny I was having this conversation with my friend the other day and (laughs) and I was like I tweeted something because you know what I was at the park I was at the park with my friends and then they left to go do something so like I was only gonna be alone for like an hour or so but bro I don't know what happened I don't know what triggered me but when I tell you I hit rock bottom really fast in like the span of like two seconds like they left I was alone I don't know what triggered me but all of a sudden I felt depressed I felt sad I felt bad like I felt really really bad and I was just sitting there like really spiraling like just intrusive thoughts intruding and I tweeted something and like two minutes after I tweeted one of my friends called me and she was like bitch are you okay and I was like yes I'm fine why and she was like I saw your tweet and I was like oh okay deleted the tweet and I was like no I'm fine I was just like we're just writing stuff I go on with my day whatever whatever not go on with my day I'm sorry I'm laying on the fucking thing spiraling and um and I'm just like still spiraling and I'm like all right I gotta get up and go do something because if I lay here I'm just like gonna lose my mind so I got up, I went and found my friends, went home, whatever, still spiraling this whole time, just like feeling like this absolute cloud of darkness hovering over me. I tweet again because I don't have close friends. So all of my really moody, emotional tweets are public. I want close friends so I can tweet like the most depressing shit. Okay. And, and so I tweet again and I'm like driving home or something. She calls me again and she's like, all right. She was like, fuck you for lying to me the first time, by the way. Um, she was like, fuck you for lying the first time. And second of all, what's wrong? She was like, we need to talk. She was like, you're tweeting really depressing shit and it's making me worried. And she was like, and I don't want you to hurt yourself. And like what the stuff I was tweeting about was like relationship stuff and like just being alone forever and that I was going to die forever. Don't, don't look at me. It, it's embarrassing. That's why I be tweeting in the lead air, okay? Because it's embarrassing. So she was like, what's the matter? Like, let's talk it out. Um, Because I don't want you to hurt yourself. And at this point, I was in a better state of mind. So I said to her, I was like, first of all, bitch, I ain't ever going to kill myself over not having niggas. Okay, because at this point, I had thrown all my niggas to the wind. And I was like, I ain't got no niggas no more. Like, I'm going to die alone because, like, none of these niggas is worth shit, girl. Like, what are we going to do? Like, we just going to be alone forever. So, I was, like, tweeting about having no niggas and how I was going to die alone. First of all, and she was like, so she was like, I don't want you to hurt yourself. And I was like, first of all, I would never, ever hurt myself over not having niggas. Because just imagine my funeral. Mm-hmm. Imagine my funeral. I would be damned. I would be damned if bitches was at my funeral talking about I heard she uh she unalived herself because she ain't had no niggas. Oh girl, you know I would be in that casket. One eye open. Who said that? One eye open. Who the fuck talking shit? And I was like, can you imagine my family and friends having to be like, she did not hurt herself because she didn't have no niggas. She hurt herself because she was lonely. We are saying she was lonely. It's not about having niggas or not having niggas. It's about the fact that she was lonely. Girl, when I tell you, I was like, I would never hurt myself over not having niggas, girl. I was, like, I was just being depressed. I was surrounded by children. Y'all know I want a damn child. So I'm thinking like, damn, I really got to go to the sperm bank. Like, you know that um in Real Housewives of Atlanta when Phaedra was like, where you, you went to the sperm bank because your sperm donor needed $5 to buy a medium-sized pizza. And Kenya Moore was shook. Girl, that that was how I was feeling. <laughs> like, like, I was like sitting in this park watching all these couples with their kids and their dog. And I was like, I'm going to have to go to the sperm bank to get my, fa- my kid's father. And it was because he needed a medium-sized pizza. So 
he jerked off into a tube. That's really what was going through my head. And you you do not have to wonder why that sent me spiraling into a pit of depression and why I was tweeting like horrible things about myself. I deleted all of them, by the way. And she was just like, she started cracking up. And she was like, yeah, I would be at your funeral. Like, she was lonely. Say she killed herself over niggas again. Do it. Do it. Say it. And I was like, I appreciate you. I really do. But I just thought that was so hilarious. I was like, kill myself over niggas? Niggas who don't wipe their ass? Kill myself over them? (laughs) No. (laughs) It's not happening. But, yeah. That was such a funny conversation. Like, I was dying laughing. But, um, but yeah, I don't remember what the point of that was. But <sighs> either way. So, um, but yeah, so my, what I encourage you to do, okay? Here's a bit of advice for you, people. Because um, I know life is hard. And I know that it is, uh, we didn't ask to be here. We really didn't. And it's just one of the most complicated things. And white rich people have made it even more complicated. I feel no shame about saying that at all. Because we all know it's true. Rich white men have made it complicated for everybody. Okay? Men, period. Um, what I implore you to do in your life is to not let things bother you. I really mean that is to all of your insecurities, remind yourself that those are not things that you put in your own brain. Those are things that have haunted you that somebody said once and you slightly related to and it stuck to you. I really had an eye-opening moment the other night where I realized that my fear of being alone, of nobody ever being able to love me, literally never came out of my mouth that the first person I heard that from was from a family member. And that had never been an insecurity to me until that was said specifically to me. And then I started looking around. I never realized that, you know, I never realized, I never realized anything until people pointed out that I was, or somebody pointed out that I was alone and that I was going to stay that way. I thought it was normal being alone for a while. And it's funny because I wasn't even at the age to date yet. That's how young I was when that thought started being knocked into my cute little noggin, you know? So a lot of our insecurities are not our insecurities. It's things that people have said to us that are projections of their fears or their reality. That's the first thing I need you to remember. The second thing I need you to remember is that life is ever changing. There is nothing in this life that you can do besides kill somebody that is going to ruin your future. Okay. When I was in high school and even when I was in college, and I'm not going to lie, even up until a couple years ago, I thought that having a kid prematurely with no husband was the worst. That would ruin your future because that's what your parents tell you. They tell you if you have a kid, your future's over, your whole life is over. They're trying to stick that fear in you. That's not true. That's not true. And there are so many good examples of that. Rico Nasty had a whole baby and she was really hustling. And look at where she is. One of my best friends, my best friends, has a child. And when I tell you he is the most intelligent child I've ever met in my life, okay? And she had him when she was a teenager. And she is the most successful woman that I personally know. There is nothing you can do in your life besides murder somebody that is going to ruin your future. It may be something that gives you grief. It may be something that gives you a lot of resentment towards yourself, a lot of doubt, but let go of that resentment, let go of that doubt, forgive yourself for making a mistake and move the fuck on with your life because your future is brighter than any part of your past. A million percent. A million percent. My third piece of advice, I didn't think this was going to be a countdown, but we're counting. My third piece of advice is when you're wrong, admit you're wrong. Shamelessly admit that you are wrong. Accept shame when you should, accept responsibility when you should, and apologize with your whole pussy when you are wrong. When I tell you, I think that's been one of the biggest things that's helped me a lot because it helps me not carry shame or grief around. When I feel like I'm wrong, I'm just going to apologize. I don't feel embarrassed to apologize. I don't. And I find that it makes it easier for people to speak to me and to apologize to me. That's number three. Number four, okay, life is an ever-flowing river. You don't know where it's going to take you. You just have to trust the process, okay? 
You have to trust that life has a better plan for you than you could have ever imagined. When something doesn't go your way, don't blame yourself. Don't blame other people. Just accept that it is probably for the fucking best. You know how many times I wanted something? I've said this before. How many times I wanted something and then I see somebody else get it? I'm jealous. I'm hurt. I'm in pain. I'm crying. I'm asking, God, why me? And the next thing I know, it is the person is telling me it's the worst thing that ever happened to them. And they're trying to find a way out of it. And I'm like, okay, so I spent that whole night crying for no reason. Not saying like, oh, yay, better them than me. But obviously God was trying to save me from something. Or the universe, if you want to say that, was trying to save me from something. You just have to trust the process. And sometimes like, I'm getting to random texts. Um, and sometimes like, I, I visualize life a lot. I visualize the things that happen to me in my existence a lot. And sometimes I'm watching how like, right now, right? I'm... I'm thinking about how I'm trying to get a new job, but I'm very grateful, thankful, happy, love the job that I currently have. It, there's a little bit of instability. Unsta- what's the word? Unstability? Instability? Okay. There's a little bit of instability, which is why I would like another more permanent, more stable job. So I don't have that fear of the unstable. But I'm like looking at how qualified I am very qualified. I'm looking at how the recruiters love me. They love me. They're telling me, yeah, no, if we find something else for you, we're calling you. If you see something else you want to do, you call us. Like that's giving it. But then I'm still thinking like, why am I not getting these jobs? But then I'm also looking at me and I'm thinking about all of my goals and I'm thinking about all the things that I want to do with my podcast. And I'm like, I don't know what this means. But I think it means something. I'm not going to stop applying for jobs. But at the same time, I'm not going to worry about when I don't get jobs. I'm not going to worry about the things that seem to fucking slip through my fingers and just kind of make no sense. Because I feel like... Girl, stop it. Because I feel like it is a plan that is greater than me. I'm doing what I feel that I need to do now what my head is telling me to do now and I'm not thinking too much about it like I sometimes like I just feel like such a vessel for existence and I'm not gonna lie I said sometimes because the other time I'm like what the fuck is going on in my life can I can I get some can I can I can I get a man can I get some money can I get a waste on Thania like what's going on But at the same time, I'm like, there's nothing that, like, I can hear at that moment that I'm feeling depressed that's going to make any of it change. I can't change it right then and there. I can't do that. The most change has happened in my life where I've felt positive about the outcome, where I have felt blindly, stupidly positive about the outcome, where I literally said, I'm not worried about shit, and then the outcome was good. Okay, I don't know what rule we're on. I feel like that was number five. Okay, number six. I think number six is going to be, like I said before, and I spent a lot of time talking about this, but conflict resolution. Talking about how you feel, talking about your feelings, not keeping that shit pent up, not keep, not allowing the people around you to keep their shit pent up. Like really creating healthy communication and putting down healthy boundaries in all aspects of your life. That has brought me so much joy because I feel like it releases so much space inside of me that would have been harbored, that would have been kept harboring resentment, pain, aggravation, anxiety. It opens all of that space and it gives me like sight to be like, oh, wow, look at that child frolicking in the yard. When instead, if I was harboring that shit, I would have been sitting here thinking about some shit that pissed me off like two weeks ago or I would have been confused or scared about my future. But instead, I'm able to like pay attention to this kid that's like frolicking in the yard. I'm able to like, you know, really be like, wow, I love my dog, even though she just fucking pissed in my bathroom. Yes, she did again because I left today. Anyways, okay. Like, I'm able to go to a dinner with friends and really enjoy every fucking moment of it and be bewildered by how much of a good time I'm I'm having, even though somebody may have just insulted me, like, two minutes earlier and, like, kind of made me or tried to make me feel like shit. I know I'm not shit. 
So why am I going to think about that? And I think that says a lot more than you about you than it does about me. You want me to feel like I'm shit? I think that makes you cruel. And I think that makes you unkind. And I hope you heal the part of your heart that's broken. Because why would you want somebody else to feel like that? Like, I think feeling joy is so connected to being kind, to being honest, to putting out such good energy in the world that you have no real option but to absorb it right back. Even when people are trying to spit in your face. Absolutely trying to spit in your face. I It's funny because for a second, I was trying to think of what I was going to talk about for the second half. Guess it's going to be a second half because I kind of want to be giving you guys a longer um, podcast. But I was watching the Manti Teo documentary. Untold on Netflix, The Girlfriend That Didn't Exist. Cha. I have so many thoughts about this. One, I felt like Naya should have been pressed a lot more. Okay, actually, before I even get into the meat and potatoes of this, um, the documentary is called The Girlfriend That Didn't Exist. And it is about a football player who basically lost out of a lot of money in the NFL because when he was in college, he was catfished. And this person made him think that they had died. I'm not spoiling anything because this is literally true crime. Um, And this person had made them think that they had died. And so... Imagine you're a college football player and on the same day that your real grandmother dies, your gra- your girlfriend that you are in a long distance relationship with also dies. And he got catfished. And this was in 2012. So like catfishing was not well known. Like we don't have the kind of technology that we did now, like or the the insight or like the intelligence that we did now. OK, so. The things that frustrated me about this story were Naya wasn't really pressed because Naya, at the time they were catfishing Manti, went by Ronaya and identified as a male. And Ronaya was in the closet. Ronaya was pretending to be this girl and that's how he felt better in his skin. Naya kind of looks back at the story as... This is why I decided to come out as trans because this kind of, this experience basically helped them accept who they were. That may be the truth, but I also think that's a hard way to frame it, especially when it ruins somebody's entire life and career, okay? And put them through so much. Manti, the reason why I bring this up is because at one point in the documentary, which was when I started tearing up, it was towards the end. Manti was saying how basically he has a lot of trust issues now. And now when somebody runs up to him and they're like, oh man, I love you. He's kind of taken back and there's a little part of him where he's afraid to entertain this small person. Because there were so many times when people would run up to him after the whole Renaya, Naya situation where they would tell him they love him, take a picture of him and then make fun of him. And he got so emotional and he was saying, you know, now he has to, whatever the outcome is, he's going to show up for that little kid or that person who wants a picture with him because they might be the one person who really love him and who really support him. And he said something like, the world is going to spit on you, but like you have to love the world for like all that it is. Something like that. I, I took a picture of it. And my, my, my thing's going to run out in a second anyway. So let me look at it. It was a lot. I'm not going to lie. Like it was a lot. And it was a very good documentary. And I, yeah, he said, okay, quickly. He said, treat them nice in a world that's just going to spin on you. And I thought that was like, so it's so true. The world is harsh and the world is so mean and it's so unkind. But who am I to add to that? I don't want to add to it. I want to live my best life. I want to be the happiest person I can be. I refuse to be bitter just because the world wants me to be jaded. I don't want to be that person. I don't want to have a hard life because I decided it was easier to be mean than to be kind and to love everybody. Anyways, um, I don't know if this was recording, but we're going to do it for the third time. Um, not only that, but there's a little place called Hale. 
And I am not trying to be down there. I am not trying to be near there. I'm not trying to say hi to Satan. Um, and yeah, no girl, like I'm not trying to be in the devil's little hot spot. But, um, anyway, so what I was saying right before this fucking thing shut off was that, you know, my nose is always running and I wonder if when I'm out in public, like when I'm on, on a night out, I wonder if people think I do coke cause I'm constantly like trying to get the sniffles out, but it just looks like I'm trying to make sure that I don't have a little white powder, you know? Um, but anyways, so this was today's episode. I'm, I hope you enjoyed. I hope I gave you some insight. I, I tried to be as clear as I could and I'm really going to do my best when I edit this to make it even clearer because there was a lot of ums and a lot of uh and a lot of uh, automatopias so gonna oh I thought my shit stopped recording but I, then I was like they both wouldn't stop recording at the same time anyways so I hope that there was some insight in there on how to live a happier joyous life um I think like there's a lot of rules to life that honestly just make it a better time so I hope I, I think I kind of like talked about the ones that affected me the most and the ones that have the most impact on me. Yeah. Girl, I'm just trying to record my outro. Let me do it. My, my. Okay, we're going to do this quickly because she's not giving me a break. Okay, follow me on Instagram at VineFilo, V-I-N-E-P-H-I-L-O. Follow me on Twitter at the same, VineFilo, V-I-N-E-P-H-I-L-O. Follow me on TikTok, Defile, D-P-H-I-L-E. I feel like I have a gun to my head because of my fucking laptop acting crazy. Anyways, share this podcast with a friend. Leave a rating and a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts and if you're listening on Spotify, the five. This bitch is stressing me out. And if you are watching on YouTube, the word of the week, the word of the week is joyous life. That's the word of the week. Okay, I love you before she fucking acts stupid again. This thing has cut out like six times at this point. All right, I love you. Bye. This bitch is stressing me out. And if you are watching on YouTube, the word of the week, the word of the week is joyous life. That's the word of the week. Okay, I love you before she fucking acts stupid again. This thing has cut out like six times at this point. All right, I love you. Bye. Wow. That was stressful. That was super stressful.